Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Anthony D'Alessandro. And I'm Dominic Patton. And this is the Deadline Podcast, Hero Nation. Today we're going for peace. Give peace a chance, we say, with the one and only James Gunn, who's talking about the HBO Max series, as well as giving us a little bit, maybe to know, a little bit more of what could be going down or spinning off Suicide Squad. So the first thing I have to ask, James, thank you for joining us, is tell us about the Peacemaker intro, because clearly you did not want people to skip the credits there. Yeah, I don't want people to skip the credits. We have a lot of people that worked really hard on the show, so... I love giving them a chance to have their names right. We have a lot of great guest stars every week um, that people get to see their names too. So I'm excited about uh, about people not skipping the intro. But so that was part of it. I love dance sequences. I wanted people to know immediately that this show is something totally different than perhaps what you're used to in 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 any show. Not just in the superhero space. It's just a different TV show. So. We don't have any boundaries. There's, you know, and that doesn't mean just the sex and the violence. It's also the the creative aspects of the show, where we're going with it, you know, in the drama, we're going with it in uh, in everything, including the dance scenes. Yeah, including the dance scenes. I yeah. wanted to ask you, James, this is why I love the show. In the wake of the right-wing attack against you on social media, and of course you grew up in the flyover states, I mean, this Peacemaker just speaks volumes. It says something about political correctness now uh, and incorrectness. And I know that the character, you know, fascinated you after working on Suicide Squad, but but tell me more. It just, it says a lot about you. Or well, at least I, that which we know. <laughs> Peacemaker says a lot about me. Yeah, um, I, I think really it is, a you know, they, obviously, we have all these political divides in our country. Um, I feel a lot of compassion for everyone, and uh, um, including people that I disagree with heartily. Uh, you know, and I think it's about you know at the the heart of Peacemaker is a love story between uh, Leota Adebayo and Christopher Smith, and it's not a sexual love, it's not a romantic love, it's a love of of friendship of two people who are very, very different from each other, but also have a lot of things in common. They both have overbearing parents who are uh, obsessed with power and uh, their own version of what success is. Um, and uh, they both feel left behind a little bit in the wake of those those parents. And they instantly like each other, despite those differences. They instantly have a fondness for each other. They instantly have a rapport. Um, and so I, I think it was really, about that and it was I've made movies for a long time and uh and it's it they've never really gotten much into current day societal stuff like there's a reason why I like making things in the science fiction um you know realm because 
we talk a lot about basic hum human themes. Um, you know, the Guardians movies for me are a trilogy about childhood trauma, uh, but we don't get into anything that's really truly societal or political in those movies. And so just being able to, to, to play in that space a little bit is part of what Peacemaker is about, while simultaneously having compassion for everybody in that in that space, a little less compassion perhaps for Augie Smith, who's um, sort of somebody who I don't think is, I think he's irredeemable basically, um, but Peacemaker I do not think is irredeemable, you know? So uh, I think it's, it's being able to look at that stuff that's going on in our world today and having it be a part of a superhero comedy drama. James, obviously Peacemaker is a spinoff of The Suicide Squad. Um, are you looking at anything where you, we might see further spinoffs, small screen or big screen with Idris or maybe something with Margot? Because that feels like that story wasn't over. Yeah, no, we're, we're working on something else now, another TV show that's, uh, you know, connected to that universe. Uh, oh. I can't can't quite say. But yeah, we are. We're, we're working on something else. And I'm well, can, can you can writer. you say this insofar as that you're talking about that? Is the new show going to be like this one, picking up from the Suicide Squad, which in case of Peacemaker, literally directly, minutes afterwards, seconds, or are we looking at something that evolves differently out of it? Uh, I can't say that. Okay. I can't say Can you that. say this? I will, I will say will the new show. Will the new show include someone who won an Oscar and played Doctor Who? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't say anything, but it, it, is, it is connected to this universe and it will be, it's not going to be the, you know, I don't think that it's, it, it will not be uh, the same genre really as Peacemaker. It won't be as much of a comedy as Peacemaker is, uh, but it'll be in the same universe. So do you think we'll get a second season of Peacemaker or is that still TBD? Uh, there's a really good chance of that. Right now we're the, okay. big, we're the biggest show in the world right now, like in terms yeah. of so, uh, so we're the show is doing extraordinarily well, um, and uh, and we're excited. We all love doing it. Um, we just have to cross some T's and dot some I's, which is basically me. So, well, well, actually, but on that, but on that, let, let's talk a little bit because I'm not sure all of our listeners know the backstory to Peacemaker. Basically, was a lockdown story for you. Yeah, um, yeah, I was. I was in because you guys were making. You'd made Suicide Squad. You were kind of dealing with the making of the movie, and then you were stuck. So tell uh, us how this all uh, came together. Yeah, I was. I was editing Suicide Squad, and I was mostly done with editing the Suicide Squad. So yeah, I was starting to get bored because I was. I was locked down. I was depressed. Frankly, I was having heavy anxiety, like a lot of us probably were at that time and maybe still are still today. Um, and, uh, and I, I just needed something to take care of myself. And, um, and that's really where the show comes from. It doesn't come from me saying, Oh, I want to make this, you know, big TV. I mean, I did want to make a big TV series, but it really did come from the place of I needed something to soothe myself while I was having anxiety. And so I started writing a TV show. That may not be the way other people soothe themselves, but that's how I did it. And just wrote exactly what I wanted to write. Like there was nothing about it that I didn't hold back in any way. Do you think, um, let me ask you this, because I don't want to give away spoilers for people. I think we're up to episode five now of the eight. I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, but you kind of, you, you, you implied it. There are some father-son issues, to put it mildly. Volumes would be better, to say yeah. in this case. Um, 
Do you think some of what you talked about, and please, you know, if I'm getting too personal, but listen, I definitely had anxiety and depression and a lot of things came out of the pandemic, still do to some extent. Do you think some of what that, what you were going through was informing those relationships and that tension that exists in the show? Um, I, I don't know, really. I, I don't know. I mean, I think that, you know, there's always a piece of like, there's always a piece of everything that I write that is an autobiography, as weird as that sounds. But in some ways, Guardians of the Galaxy is my autobiography. I happen to be a little bit of all of the Guardians, mostly Rocket, yeah. but like all of them. And so there's always a very personal thing that I bring to any TV show or movie I do, whether it's a big franchise show like, you know, like Guardians or whether it's a, a movie like Super, which is made for couple million dollars there's always something in there that's about me and I there's a lot of peacemaker in me there's a lot of uh I have a lot of toxic masculinity issues if you want to call it that I grew up in a in a kind of you know rural part of Missouri and I have aspects of myself that are like Christopher Smith and I grew up and got along with and still get along with a lot of guys like Christopher Smith um I, I know that you know um, but I also have a big part of me that's like Leota. I have a lot of me that's like part cut off like hardcore. You know, I have a lot of me that is, um, some may say difficult experiencing connections with others in the way vigilante is, you know, he doesn't have, uh, his, all of his, uh, he's not average. So that's all, all that stuff is personal. I had a very difficult relationship with my father that got better as I grew up because my father got sober and he changed a lot in a way that Augie Smith is likely never to change. Never. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, and my father wasn't an unrepentant racist. Um, but there was, a, there was, you know, there's a lot of difficulty there growing up. My dad saw the world very differently than I did. Definitely. Mm. You know, I was very, you know, I was a, a punk rock kid and very early on I was you know okay with you know gay people and and whatever and it wasn't my family my family didn't necessarily nurture that uh you know but then the beauty of my father was 10 years later he was marching in the gay pride parade you know yeah so it's like that that that, that seeing my father I think has been such a great influence on me because it was a hard upbringing but then my father also is the greatest, you know, example of change I've ever seen in any human being. And I think it's that beauty of that change that I saw in my father that attracts me to characters like Christopher Smith or, or, or Rocket or whomever, these characters that- Or Star-Lord. Star-Lord, who start in one place and become something much better. You know, I believe in that. You know, it's so interesting because my favorite show is probably is everybody's is Succession and you know, the, 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 the creator of that show has stated that he doesn't think people innately change. And I'm the exact opposite of that. I do think people can change drastically uh, who they, you know, who they are and the way they view the world. Um, so, uh, you know, anyway. So James, are we, are we, are we looking at a, at a show from you called Procession? session? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little too close, but yeah. yeah. I think so, Idris would do it. I think Idris would do it. He might. He might. <laughs> so to that point, there's an interesting thing going on with Peacemaker. Here he is. He's part of this plan to massacre all the butterflies, but he's keeping one in a jar. 
and he's taking yeah. care of it. Can you talk yeah. about that? Is that just a little part of mercy in him? But I found that very, very interesting and also diabolical at the same time. Um, I don't know. I think he doesn't trust what they're telling him. I don't think he, I think him keeping Goff, you know, we still call the butterfly Goff. I think him keeping Goff in a uh, jar has to do with the fact that he does not believe what Mern is telling him. Um, the others a little bit less, but I don't think he trusts Mern. And so, you know, what are these butterflies? What do they want? And, you know, I'm not sure he wants to just go head first into believing something an authority is telling him, which I think he's done a lot in his life and has ended up not working out so well for him in a lot of situations. James, you guys shot uh, Peacemaker up in superhero capital, Vancouver, British Columbia, yeah. Canada. And you, right. directed, you directed the majority of the episodes. Um, yep. What was it like for you as a big screen filmmaker working on the small screen handing over those, direct, those directorial duties to someone else with a project you had created and birthed and everything? Uh, well, you know, you know it, it was all a process for me because I don't know exactly where those lines are drawn between directing and directing directors. I mean, as a showrunner, you're directing directors. So I was still very much involved. I was always there. I watched every, you know, I was either there on set or I, you know, was at home working and I had all the, the, the feeds in my office so that I could comment on the different takes and, and give notes and stuff. Um, so it was, uh, it was a usual, an unusual process for me and not always the most comfortable one. So it was different. And I'm a, I'm a micromanager. I'm not like, a, I'm not a, you know, you know, just go and direct and give some notes and then let everybody kind of go off and do their own thing. I'm really focused on every single little thing and I still storyboard every single frame of the show, you know. Wow. Um, when it comes to Suicide Squad, look, critics loved it, people loved it. Do you have any like second thoughts like, ah, I should have I should have saved the film for this year maybe, or, you know, to give it a pure theatrical release or was that the best case situation given the pandemic. Anthony, are you asking James to diss HBO Max? No, I'm not. <laughs> Having tried to get him eloquently to say something about episodes it. To go. I did four no, 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 no. No, listen, I, you know, um uh I you know, w w it's been it's been borne out that maybe that wasn't the things didn't work the best, but I do have to say that right now that process is working out incredibly well for me yeah. because of Peacemaker. So that, because I wasn't that happy with Suicide Squad going to TV, you know, day and date. Um, we also happened to be come out at the absolute peak of Delta. Um, so it was, a, it was a difficult situation. There was a lot of bad things that happened and then a lot of good things that happened. Yeah. So it is what it is, uh, you know, but for the sake of Peacemaker, I'm really glad. I mean, it got more subscribers for HBO. A billion people saw it on HBO. So I felt like that, you know, for, for Peacemaker, it worked out really well. You, so sound like a, you sound like you're converted to the gospel of streaming. <laughs> I love doing TV. I really do. I mean, I this has been uh, an extraordinary experience for me because I, I, I loved making the television show because 
so often, you know, a movie is just about plot point, plot point, plot point, got to get to the next thing, got to get to the next thing. And I love characters. I fall in love with my characters. So being able to really, you know, investigate the nuances of these relationships of people with each other is so fun to me. Um, so I get more time for the drama. I get more time for the comedy and I even get more time for the action. I mm -hmm. just have more time. I love that. And then on top of that, now that the show is coming out, I'm realizing there's another part of television I love, which is you don't just come out and then you're done, you know? Yeah. It's like you come out and then you give people and you wait for the next week. I mean, I don't really think I would love to be on Netflix and have all the shows come out at once. I love TV that comes out every week. It's fun for me. It's yeah. fun giving people a cliffhanger and having that cliffhanger not just last for three minutes until they skip the credits to go to the next episode, but to last for a week so that people can talk about it and tweet about it and, you know, come and ask me questions about it and then and make their guesses about what's going to happen and then see what happens that next week. So it's fun for me. It's uh, I, I love it. I've, I've loved the process of it. And I'm excited about the, the possibility of doing more of it. So let's flip that script a little bit, though. You're currently working on the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Give mm -hmm. us a sense of how it's at, where it's at, how things are going. You know, we are like Frogger do dodging Omicron because, you know, there's, there's some pretty strict uh, uh, things in place by Disney to keep people safe, which is fantastic. Um, but it's, uh, it's really about, you know, <laughs> trying to to make this movie in the face of all that. And, um, you know, you know, I've, I've been through it with Peacemaker. We never, we, you know, it was much easier, frankly, because the, the uh, disease was less contagious, mm -hmm. uh, much more dangerous. You, you didn't want to get it much more than, I mean, we have an all vaccinated crew uh, with Guardians. Like um, mm -hmm. everybody on set in zone A is, is vaccinated. Um, but it's, uh, you know, so that's been a that's been a real pain in the ass, frankly. But the the being together with these people again has been great. And you know, Chris Pratt's truly like one of my greatest friends in the world. So being able to hang out with him all day is a blast. And then just the you know just having the whole gang back together has been fun. Um, and the show is the the movie is uh, incredibly. <laughs> it's big. I mean, it's so 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 big and dark and uh different than uh what people might be expecting it to be um Can you are, are we gonna get a new mixtape well we have Yan. i mean you know we have yandu's zoom i mean that's really what you know yandu gave quill the zoom when he died through craglin and so the zoom is the 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 mix the mix yeah nice um, can can you tease anything else? Like, does Star-Lord have a midlife crisis? <laughs> does his mom come back from the dead? I, you know, Any, I mean, just anything. This is, I mean, this is the, this is the end for us. You know, this is, this is the, uh, uh, the last, the last times people will see this, this team of guardians. So um, that's where never, we are. Never say never. Everything never lives say on. Never. And you're, well, I, there's a couple. Plus. Okay, but, but to that, of, to that, because. I think, because Never Say Never to Me is a Sean Connery movie that you should sometimes forget. But yeah. <laughs> I will say this, Jimmy, what is that like for you? Because this has been a part of your life for over a decade now. I mean, this is, in a sense, is it like a breakup knowing that this is coming? 
It doesn't feel like that, no. I mean, listen, I mean, the truth is I'm such close friends with so many of these people. They're a part of my life much outside of Guardians. I mean, it's not like when Guardians is done, I won't see, you know, Chris and Dave and Palm and, and Karen and Zoe. I mean, they're a part of my life. Uh, so it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like a breakup. I just want to be uh, true to the characters and I want to be true to the story and I want to give people the the wrap up that they deserve for the story so that is always a little bit um you know scary yeah so I'm but I'm doing my best you know I'm very aware that most you know the third film in most trilogies just sucks you know not always but usually it does well, you could wait like 25 years like like Francis did and bring out a new version of Guardians 3 with extra scenes added. <laughs> well, maybe. I'm always I'm always Just saying as a backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Then I have to reshoot for 150 million dollars and make it right. Um but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited about it. I feel good about it and I'm having a, a good time. Things are cutting together well. You know, I've got Fred Raskin back, who's cut all the movies. He cut Peacemaker, cut Suicide Squad. So he's one of my primary partners in all of this. So it's it's great. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Deadline Podcast, Hero Nation. Make sure you subscribe to us always on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode, just like you probably don't of Peacemaker. And of course, you can find all of our breaking news coverage of TV, film, business, and everything affecting our industry at Deadline.com. Take care. Peace out. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.